Chapter 9 of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Olivia. Dope by Sax Romer. Chapter 9 A Packet of Cigarettes. Following their dismissal by Chief Inspector Carey, Seaton and Gray walked around to the latter's chambers in Piccadilly. They proceeded in silence, Gray too angry for speech and Seaton busy with reflections. As the man admitted them, "'Has anyone phoned, Willis?' asked Gray. "'No one, sir.' They entered a large room which combined the characteristics of a library with those of a military gymnasium. Gray went to a side table and mixed drinks. Placing a glass before Seaton, he emptied his own at a draught. "'If you'll excuse me for a moment,' he said, "'I should like to ring up and see if by any possible chance there's news of Rita.' He walked out to the telephone, and Seaton heard him making a call. Then, "'Hello. Is that you, Hinks?' he asked. "'Yes, speaking. Is Mrs. Irvin at home?' A few moments of silence followed, and, "'Thanks. Good-bye,' said Gray. He rejoined his friend. "'Nothing,' he reported, and made a gesture of angry resignation. "'Evidently Hinks is still unaware of what has happened. Irvin hasn't returned yet. Seaton, this business is driving me mad!' He refilled his glass, and having looked in his cigarette case, began to ransack a small cupboard. "'Damn it all!' he exclaimed. "'I haven't got a cigarette in the place.' "'I don't smoke them myself,' said Seaton. "'But I can offer you a cheroot.' Mm, "'Thanks. They're a trifle too strong. Oh, hello. Here are some.' From the back of a shelf he produced a small, plain brown packet, and took out of it a cigarette, at which he stared oddly. Seaton, smoking one of the inevitable cheroots, watched him, tapping his teeth with the rim of his eyeglass. "'Poor old Pine,' muttered Gray, and, looking up, met the inquiring glance. "'Pine left these here only the other day,' he explained awkwardly. "'I don't know where he got them, but they are something very special.' Uh, "'I suppose I might as well.' He lighted one, and, uttering a weary sigh, threw himself into a deep leather-covered armchair. Almost immediately he was up again. The telephone bell had rung. His eyes alight with hope, he ran out, leaving the door open, so that his conversation was again audible to the visitor. "'Yes, yes, speaking. What?' his tone changed. "'Oh, it's you, Margaret. What?' "'Certainly. Delighted. No, there's nobody here but old Seton Pasha. What? You've heard the fellows talk about him who were out east? Yes, that's the chap. Come right along.' "'You don't propose to lionize me, I hope, Gray?' said Seaton, as Gray returned to his seat. The other laughed. I forgot you could hear me, he admitted. It's my cousin, Margaret Halley. You'll like her. She's a tip-top girl, but eccentric. Goes in for pilling. Pilling? inquired Seaton gravely. Doctoring. She's an MRCS, and only about twenty-four or so. Frightfully clever kid. Makes me feel an infant. Flat heels, spectacles, and a judicial manner? Flat heels, yes, but not the other. She's awfully pretty, and used to look simply terrific and khaki. She was an M.O. in Serbia, you know, and afterwards at some nurse's hospital in Kent. She's started in practice for herself now, round in Dover Street. I wonder what she wants. Silence fell between them, for, although prompted by differing reasons, both were undesirous of discussing the tragedy, and this silence prevailed until the ringing of the doorbell announced the arrival of the girl. Willis, opening the door, she entered composedly, and Gray introduced Seaton. 
i'm so glad to have met you at last mr seaton she said laughingly from quentin's many accounts i'd formed the opinion that you were a kind of arabian nights myth i am glad to disappoint you replied seaton finding something very refreshing in the company of this pretty girl who wore a creased burberry and stray locks of whose abundant bright hair floated about her face in the most careless fashion imaginable she turned to her cousin frowning in a rather puzzled way whatever have you been burning here she asked there is such a curious smell in the room gray laughed more heartily than he had laughed that night glancing in seaton's direction so much for your taste in cigars he cried oh said margaret i'm sure it's not mr seaton's cigar it isn't a smell of tobacco i don't believe they're made of tobacco cried gray laughing louder yet though his merriment was forced seaton smiled good-naturedly at the joke but he had perceived at the moment of margaret's entrance the fact that her gaiety also was assumed serious business had dictated her visit and he wondered the more to note how deeply this odor real or fancied seemed to intrigue her she sat down in the chair which gray placed by the fireside and her cousin unceremoniously slid the brown packet of cigarettes across the little table in her direction try one of these margaret he said they're great and will quite drown the unpleasant odor of which you complain whereupon the observant seaton saw a quick change take place in the girl's expression she had the same clear coloring as her cousin and now this freshness deserted her cheeks and her pretty face became quite pale she was staring at the brown packet where did you get them she asked quietly a smile faded from gray's lips those five words had translated him in spirit to that green draped room in which sir lucian pine was lying dead he glanced at seaton in the appealing way which sometimes made him appear so boyish uh from pine he replied i i must tell you margaret sir lucian pine she interrupted yes not from reed irvin quentin gray started upright in his chair no but but why do you mention her margaret bit her lip in sudden perplexity oh i don't know she glanced apologetically toward seaton he rose immediately my dear miss halley he said i perceive indeed i had perceived all along that you have something of a private nature to communicate to your cousin but gray stood up and seaton margaret he said looking from one to the other i i mean to say margaret if you've anything to tell me about rita have you have you he fixed his gaze eagerly upon her i have yes seaton prepared to take his leave but gray impetuously thrust him back immediately turning again to his cousin perhaps you haven't heard margaret he began i have heard what has happened tonight to sir lucian both men stared at her silently for a moment seaton has been with me all the time said gray if he will consent to stay with your permission margaret i should like him to do so why certainly agreed the girl in fact i shall be glad of his advice seaton inclined his head and without another word resumed his seat gray was too excited to sit down again he stood on the tiger-skin rug before the fender watching his cousin and smoking furiously firstly then continued margaret please throw that cigarette in the fire quentin gray removed the cigarette from between his lips and stared at it dazedly he looked at the girl and the clear gray eyes were watching him with an inscrutable expression right ho he said awkwardly and tossed the cigarette in the fire you used to smoke like a furnace margaret is this some new cult i still smoke a great deal more than is good for me she confessed but i don't smoke opium 
the effect of these words upon the two men who listened was curious gray turned an angry glance upon the brown packet lying on the table and <laughs> he exclaimed and drawing a handkerchief from his sleeve began disgustedly to wipe his lips seaton stared hard at the speaker tossed his cheroot into the fire and taking up the packet withdrew a cigarette and sniffed at it critically margaret watched him he tore the wrapping off and tasted a strand of the tobacco good heavens he whispered gray these things are doped end of chapter nine